Hey there, everyone. You guys are in for a treat today. We're going to be talking with Kate Doster all about revenue generating freebies and welcome email sequences. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right. I am super excited to share this conversation. We had a blast. It flew by. We managed to get the words orgasm and butt face into this conversation, despite the fact that we are talking about freebies and email welcome sequences, and you probably would not expect those words to be in the conversation. First, a little bit about Kate. Kate Doster is the host of Inbox Besties podcast, creator of the Love Your List 2.0 email marketing mega course, and is dangerously obsessed with helping ethical entrepreneurs carve out their slice of the interwebs. She helps her students woo open the hearts and wallets of their small but mighty audiences thanks to fun email marketing and easy yes mini offers. She believes you don't need to bleed the alphabet or be a dirty, rotten spam face to write emails that jolt subscribers into taking action, gobbling up your paid offers like candy or, you know, kale if that's their thing. And if that intro didn't give you a clue into how this episode is going to go, let me just tell you, it's a blast. Get ready to laugh. We are going to roll. All right, Kate, welcome to the No Like and Trust Show. I am so excited to be here. It's such a great show, everyone. But y'all know this because you tuned in. Well, thanks. I appreciate that, of course. (laughs) We're going to make it even better today because we're actually talking about something that I've been really working on in my own business uh, for the last little while. And and that is email sequences, uh, freebies, welcome sequences, how all of those things kind of play together. And the, shall we say, foibles that people run into (laughs) with these. And I'm throwing a weird word out there, but it's what popped into my head. So uh, Kate, I'm going to let you take it away. Give yourself a little brief introduction on why we're talking about this, and then we'll start talking. Sure. So, hey, everybody, I'm Kate Doster, and we're going to be talking about welcome series and freebies and all of that sort of goodness, because what ends up happening is you hear a lot in the online marketing space, like, you've got to build a list, you've got to build a list, but then no one ever tells you what to do with this list. And it's like having an email list, having a number in your ConvertKit account is literally going to do nothing for your bottom line or for your mission to go out there and help people, which I know that everyone listening to the show really wants to do, unless you actually talk to them. So that's really what this, you know, our conversation is going to be about is what do you actually say to people once you've got them? I love how you worded that once you've got them, because you're right. All the people out there, all the gurus, all the instructors, they're all like, build your list, build your list. You want to build your list before you do this. You want to build your list. But that gotcha, like someone gets on your list and you're like, but nothing happened, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a what? weird place because it was like the big goal. It was the big mountain you had to climb and then nothing. Exactly. And then people get really, honestly, they get scared to send emails because they have put so much attachment to this number of like, oh, I need a thousand or oh, I need 10,000 or oh, I need a hundred thousand. And they don't want to send an email and risk getting unsubscribes. But like, here's the thing. There are people at the end of that other spectrum. And they have no idea if they are one of 100 or one of 1 million. And so you need to treat them like an actual person and you need to show up 
for them. And I think that where people, and I know that we're going to be talking about this, where people sort of go from astray is if they're just letting anybody on their list, then of course, when you go to write your weekly newsletter or your welcome series or a sales email, you've got no clue what to write because you don't know who you're talking to anymore. It's like, oh, well, I've got service providers or I've got coaches or I've got bloggers or I've got people that are interested in this and that and all this stuff. No, like being on your list is a privilege. Being able for people to have your excitement, your knowledge, to be entertained by you, to be around you, to get your quick tips, your stories, it's a privilege, okay? So they're lucky that they're there and you on the flip side are going to actually have a plan for them. And so when you go in with that mindset, all of a sudden you're not scared to hit send because you get unsubscribed. You're like, ah, that's fine. Right? So we need to actually start by making sure that our freebie is a really great gatekeeper. And I always say that for freebies, it needs to serve the Sir Mix-a-Lot principle. Brittany, do you remember the song Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yes. Yes, I do. And even if I didn't, when my sister got married a couple years ago, we all ended up on somebody's like motorhome RV and that song was busting up. And you guys, I just got to tell you, you will never, ever, ever forget that song after seeing an entire very large bridal party bouncing around a motorhome to that beat. <laughs> right. And so just like Sir Mix-a-Lot likes big butts, because spoiler alert, that's the hook of the song. Yep. <laughs> so does your email list. So does your wallet. Because think about it. You want people that are serious about whatever you teach with, whether you're teaching people meal planning, Facebook ads, how to love themselves, right? People are not going to have questions and doubts if it's just like, oh, yeah, it'd be nice if I had more self-esteem, but then they go on to the next thing. But when you can get them in that yeah, but stage, that's how you know that they are primed, that they are ready to actually take themselves seriously. And if they're giving you their email address, then you're doubly sure. So it's like, I want to start a blog, but I don't know what to write, but I don't know the tech, but no one will read it. But what do I do? But how to make money, right? So if you're creating a freebie that answers one really specific, but they're going to be like, oh my goodness, how did Brittany know that I want to get more visible, but I'm nervous about being on camera. Of course, I'm going to go sign up for her freebie about like introverts that uh, need to get more visible. Like, you know what I mean? So they know that you are thinking of them. You know that they have actually thought like, yeah, I want to take this seriously. So it's like, great. Now we've got the right people. They've got the right attitude. Now let's show up and serve them. I love that. So listeners who are on the show all the time, know that I have previously done a few rants on really crappy freebies. And I think the reason why people are against freebies these days are because so many people have flooded the market with really crappy ones. And oh my God, yes. Right? I mean, oh, it's just so annoying. But like my, my number one like litmus test for a freebie is if that is something I can easily Google and ingest from Google for free in five or 10 minutes, I should not have to give you my email address to acquire that information. It has to be something that I either maybe could Google, but it would take a while for me to find or like sift through or or get to it. Or it has to be something that gets me to think. And that is exactly what your yeah, but principle does. It gets me to think, yeah, but how could I make this work in my world? Yeah, but I'm scared to make this work in my world or something along those lines. Exactly. Because people will have different levels of doubt. Sometimes it is very like a technical thing, but sometimes it is a little bit more internal. Like I want to homeschool my kids, but I failed algebra. 
So now you need to not only show them how it doesn't matter that they failed it, but that it's okay. And you're just glad that they didn't let that bad experience soil them from actually wanting to be able to homeschool their kids. And yeah, there was an ad and you probably got targeted with it too, that I'm like, let's just see what it is. Cause again, like you, I like to be the freebie police. It was the worst thing I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. It was like four pages and like, there was only like one sentence that mattered and it was just like, I won't give it away because some of you might get targeted with it too, but it was something that's like the most common knowledge. Like we'll just say it's like build an email list. It was something that elementary where I'm just like, really? And you're paying for ads behind this? Like everyone's going to unsubscribe. You're wasting your time because you want to prove in those first impressions that people get of you, that you understand them, that you're here to serve them, that you're going to help them, that you're useful and that you're a little entertaining because turns out people go to their inboxes to escape because they know they're supposed to be recording that podcast because they know they're supposed to be writing that sales page because they know they're supposed to be paying attention to their kid's story, but it's boring. They're going to their inbox to escape. So that's why you need to make sure you show up with it. I feel very seen with that last example that you just gave Nailed there. it. <laughs> know your people, everyone. Woo! Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Okay, so we have um, a great freebie as the gatekeeper. What next? Excellent. So depending on if you have any products or service and honestly, their price point first is truly going to depend if you're going to start off with a welcome series or more of a funnel. So a funnel, just so you guys can kind of know the difference between a welcome series and a funnel. A funnel is like you're just leading people towards the dance floor. Remember when we could have parties, Brittany? So go back, <laughs> go back a couple years ago when we can have house parties. And you're just like, no, like I want everyone to play like dance, dance revolution. So like you're just showing them to the DDR pad. Now, a welcome series is more like, oh, hey, Jim, here's the bathroom. Here's some chips. Here's some people sitting. There's my cat. Cause you know, there's always one person just wants to play with a cat. And oh yeah, we've got some DDR over here. So if you're looking to really cut loose, here it is. So welcome series is a bit more general. It's about setting up like Brittany talks about your no like, and trust. And you're going to mention some products casually. You might even mention them twice. Whereas a funnel is like, Brittany is like, I know that I can help people get more visible. And I know that this is truly their problem. This is where things are broken. And I want them to get in to this course, to this membership, to this one-on-one -on -one coaching so I can make it happen for them. So an email funnel is going to be more geared towards what would be standing in their way of seeing success. Whereas a welcome series is just like, oh, how did she know I didn't know what to send? Or how did she know um, I wasn't quite sure what time is the best that sort of a thing. Whereas a funnel is like, you're really like, what is preventing them from thinking to themselves? I can get this done. So that's truly the difference between the two. So for most people, I say, start off with a, a welcome series. It's a little less intimidating for most people. They put a little less pressure on it. Even if at the end or casually, you're going to mention something that's a bit more expensive. When it comes to writing a welcome series, the format that I like to use a freebie this works for one off. You're going to have to integrate it a little bit if you're going to do a challenge or like a multi-day course. And then the second email, I always like to give a quick tip and a welcome series and honestly in a funnel, because I want to make sure that people are consuming that freebie that I spent so much time to make. So my quick tip is going to be based off of it. And then email three is my favorite email ever. And that is the rant email. This is when you are going to get on your high horse about something in your industry, something common gurus say, something that the whole world is telling people they need to do, but you know it's bullcrap. 
And the reason why you're doing it is because like we said at the beginning, being on your list is a privilege. So if you're trying to help people eat healthy and you know, without a shadow of a doubt in your head, that intermittent fasting is the way to go. You want all those people that are like, no, I need to graze throughout the day off of your list because you can't help them. You can't. And so you're going to draw a line in the sand. So those are like the first three emails and like everyone's got to send. And then the fourth one, although technically on the rant email, you can definitely talk about your product at the end of that if you want to. But the fourth one, I'll have people who are very sales averse. I'll let that one be the first like moneymaker email where it's like, okay, you can talk about an affiliate offer, a small product that you have, that sort of a thing. So that's sort of a general format for a welcome series. Does that full work? And then if you know for a fact you're the type of person that doesn't email very often or consistently, then after you get that four, you can just sort of add some more emails along. So that way people are taken care of longer. I love how you're calling that out. I mean, everyone's got good intentions about being consistent in their emails, but but some of us know that it's harder for you know one person than it is for another. Some people would much rather spend two days writing out a you know, 14 part welcome series that essentially is going to go on for like three months because the way they space it out. Whereas if you told that to another person, they'd be like, I can't even start writing email number one because I'll never get to 14. Right. So they would much rather just have that quick three, that quick four, and then write every week. So that's know thyself. They got to know what you're good at. Wonderful. So when you're advising people on on doing this and when you're actually seeing how people implement it, are there any things that come up that you're like, uh, no, no, that's not what I meant? Like, are there any common missteps? Let's see. For a welcome series or a funnel or a freebie, which one? Let's go with the welcome series. Okay. So for a welcome series, it's usually that people aren't putting enough of them forward. Meaning like they have a hard time striking that balance of like, how do I make it about the person being the subscriber and making it about you? And it's not one of those where like, you need to tell your whole life story. Cause you know, you try that, but most people, they hate writing about themselves, but it's like, you need to always answer the question what's in it for them. So it's not like, Oh, today I'm sharing my best tip ever. Like cool it down a little bit. It's like today you're going to be able to learn the one thing that got me or got my clients or got my students this type of results. And then you give them a quick tip. It's making sure that yes, you show them pictures of you. So they see your face. Yes. You can mention your cat. That's really fun too. Those sorts of a thing, but you want to make sure that you're always coming at your emails, even from that welcome series as this, the other giant pet peeve that I have, and this is really in that freebie email, especially if it's a confirmation email, is telling people to whitelist your email. Do you know what the term whitelist is? No, nobody does. So don't talk like that. You're talking to people. If you want them to drag your email to their inbox, the primary, then tell them that. Don't be like, oh, make sure that you whitelist me so you get my emails. Nobody knows what that is. So treat people like people. Yeah. And realistically, most people don't actually have the ability to whitelist in whatever email program that they're using because it's technically done on server level typically. So it's not like something they can really do in the first place. Right? Like if you want to make sure that they are going to get your emails, and I'm not saying that everyone will do this, but ask them to reply with literally a one word answer, because if their Gmail, their Outlook, their Hotmail, if they're using Hotmail still from high school or Yahoo, they see Yahoo, right? (laughs) That's my dad. Um, If they see that you are actually interacting with this email, they're more likely to put it in primary. They're more likely to 
whitelist it for people and bring it over there. And again, we're not asking in our first email, we're not asking for someone's life story. Yeah. In the second one, you're going to ask them to be like, Hey, why don't you post this on Instagram so I can shout you out? Or have you ever felt this way in email three? You're going to encourage longer responses, but in that first one, you want them to read your freebie. So literally it's just like, are you excited about finally kicking your night cravings? Hit reply back and give me a heck yes. That's it. Yes. Now your own inbox is going to be filled with lots of heck yes messages, but set up a filter. You'll be fine. I'd reply back if you've got the time. Like, why not? <laughs> like, Brittany, I am excited. You're excited. Yay. Let's kick those cravings. What'd you think about tip number three? And then they're like, what was tip number three? And then they go read your freebie. Yeah. That's what you want them to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and especially I think when people are getting this whole process set up, if they've never done like a legit welcome sequence before getting those replies back, even if it does inundate your inbox, it's kind of affirming knowing that people really are reading and doing what you've requested they do. 100%. And then you're going to want to keep going. I think that a lot of people get really sad, especially about open rates. So when they see how many people like percentage wise of emails that you send versus opens, first of all, email service providers have a very hard time if people are on mobile, Android in particular, now definitely Apple when they roll out their update they have to send out this little picture that has essentially a pixel. So if they don't have images disabled or if they have really like hard privacy settings, it's not going to register as an open. So realize that some people could be reading your stuff, but it's just not getting back to people. So don't like get too frazzled when it comes to open rates, but you know, go look if you have your Instagram curator account or your business account, look at when you post something on your feed, what percentage of your followers are actually seeing your post. I guarantee you, if you saw 30% of people who gave you a like on your Facebook business page, saw your post, you would think that somehow Facebook got hacked and like you're paying for ads and you forgot. <laughs> so be happy that 30% of people are reading your emails. A hundred percent. Yeah. If I could get my email open rates on my Instagram account, I'd be thrilled. <laughs> right? Like, and I think that sometimes people just forget that again, like treat people like people. It's okay, guys. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So now we have a good freebie or at least not a crappy freebie. We've got a welcome sequence that is reading the room, introducing people around the place. And now we need to talk about email list size because we keep hearing about people who have 20,000 people on their email list. And I don't know about you, but I definitely do not have 20,000 people on my email list. And I'm okay with that. I was going to say, I have made so much money with a list size that people are like, this is ridiculous. And I do not sell products that are like my biggest offer. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, but that like, is like, people have to hunt me down for it. But honestly to the public, like I have one course that sells for 777 and that's the highest amount of money. So like if I make a hundred thousand dollars off of a launch with like 2000 people on my launch list, people are just baffled. They're like, how do you do this? You do this because again, one, they don't know that they're one of 2000. Yeah. My whole main list is bigger than that, obviously, but they don't know it. But when you treat those people like people, when you go in with the expectation of this does not matter that I only have a hundred people on my list, I'm going to show up for them. And you have things that are priced appropriately. You can make a really great living where you're going to run into trouble is if you're like, I want to make a $10,000 a month and you only have a hundred people on your list and your offer is $7. Well, yes, math is going to come in there at some point because no one's going to buy your ebook a gajillion times over to get you to 10 K at that point, your goal is either get more people or raise your prices. But say if you're a coach or a service provider 
and you have that hundred people, that 200 people, the right people, because we now use a Sir Mix-a-Lot principle, it 100% can happen, especially when it comes to your sales emails, when you are more excited for them to get results, for them to avoid failure. And I don't want to say agony as in like, oh, like they're in pain, but like the embarrassment of having to walk by, there's like this machine called a cricket. My students told me about from scrapbooking, not my cup of tea, but like one of the biggest things that she was saying is that people will buy this thing. It's like $200 and then it just sits in the corner. So like if you are saving people from that embarrassment of wasting that $200 because of your $17 ebook, they're going to love you. So it's not just like, get my Cricut ebook. It's $17. Ah, it is like, look, you bought this thing. It's intimidating. I totally feel that way. But when you utilize these simple settings, you're going to be able to make amazing things and you're going to make it worth so much more. And look, I've got an ebook that's going to teach you how to do this. It is always putting your person's needs first and you're still asking for the sale. So don't feel like you're like, oh, I have to get away for free. No, treat people like people. I guarantee you that we have said something in this podcast that you will not implement unless you give me or Brittany money. Because the second that you do, you are now invested and you will now do more what we say. It's just the way that human nature is. So that's really when you are coming at this, especially from sales and selling with a smaller list, be more excited for your people, be really specific in your examples. And then it's like, oh yeah, which is why in this product we have A, B, C, and D. It's not A, B, and C, or D are amazing. It's the best thing I've ever created. No, it's the other way around. You just nailed it. Like I don't even want to talk right now because you're like, <laughs> No, you, you you really just put it out there. And I obviously say very similar things. It's, you know, why we're we're having this conversation. But the fact that that you so succinctly were able to say, it's not about how cool your product is, it's about what it can do for your people. And and really I love how you even just gave the the cricket, I guess, example. I think I know what you're talking about, but I am not that person either, but I, I'm pretty sure my neighbor across the street has one. So I think I maybe know what you're talking about. And I think we can all apply that to something in our lives. What was the last thing you spent 100 or 200 or 300 bucks that is literally collecting dust in your house? And how would you feel if it was suddenly easy to use? That would be a great thing. Right. And I think that when you, you know, and this goes for a higher ticket, this can go for a lower ticket. Because like I said, my students, I love my students because we do have some people in the making money online niche. You know, we actually have some people that ended up becoming copywriters because that's what I was before I taught courses. I was a copywriter with a W y'all. I got paid gajillions of dollars to make hundreds of millions of dollars for people. Like this is what I do. I didn't just get lucky with a pin or a Facebook ad and they'll come into this course and they're just like, Oh, like they have such interesting niches. I'm just like, God, I love you guys so much. <laughs> like vegan cooking. I'm like, I don't even know what half the stuff is. But I bet you learn a bunch along the way. <laughs> I do. And again, people are people are people are people. Like that's just it. You treat people like people. You treat them how you want to be treated. And then amazing things are going to happen. But I think that people, honestly, and this is what makes, you know, the stuff we talk about, both of us, so much different is there's that whole mindset piece. Like I can tell you to, I'm blue in the face and I can give you the templates of what to write in your welcome series. But if you do not hit send, if you do not hit on for your automation, it's not going to work. And the only reason why you're not doing that is because you're afraid. 
So that's why I make sure that I spend so much time besides giving the practical technical, really attacking people's mindsets when it comes to sales, when it comes to being annoying, when it comes to being judgy and pushy, like you have to, you have to attack it on all angles. Y'all got this. Like, I swear you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. You would have been listening to a different one if you wanted to take a more hardball approach. 100%. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. And because I'm putting you on the spot, I'll give you an option, right? What is either the best subject line you've ever read in an email you received or the best one that you've ever sent out that got crazy results and kind of surprised you? We test a lot of subject lines. I'm like, I sent a lot of emails. I'm not quite sure. Anytime you use somebody's name, it works. There was one that went around in the online marketing space a couple of years ago that was someone like, you know, heard you had crabs or something like that. And then they talked about the analogy with a bucket. Uh, recently, one of my mastermind buddies sent out an email subject line that was, I'm engaged. And then it talked about her being engaged with her readers. And she said that she has never had a higher open rate. <laughs> but like she did get a couple of people that were like, oh, I thought we were going to see a ring. So it was a little clickbaity. But yeah, I, like I said, anytime you do somebody's name, anytime you do this, um, I'd love to know what are some of your biggest subject line open rates? Actually, well, one of the subject lines in my welcome sequence, and this is placed very intentionally, it uses the word orgasm in the subject line. And it's actually about Nars's orgasm blush. But the subject line is something along the lines of, I think it's that orgasm looks good on you. And I love going and looking in my stats and seeing how that particular emails and subscribe rates are about three times as high as any other email in my <laughs> welcome sequence. And I'm 100% okay with that because while I don't cuss in, in my marketing as, as a rule, if someone can't handle the word orgasm, they're probably not going to enjoy my other content as well. And it's not because I talk about sex. I don't. It's not because I'm deliberately provocative, but I am bold. So I use that kind of as a as a litmus test. Um, but despite the fact that it gets a lot of unsubscribes, it's actually my highest open rate of my my welcome sequence. <laughs> Maybe because people are unsubscribing. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. I think that's I great. <laughs> I did send an email last year. So again, I send a lot of emails. I usually tend to say that I've got paid things in them. I sent one that was like, oh, it was such a butt face. Because when I launch, this is a personal preference. I do not send all of my launch emails to my whole list. Like if you have not signed up for any of my, my pre-launch content, my webinar that I have, like I'm not going to send you my full scale thing. But because you just might not be a webinar person, I send like one email and then I'll resend it a couple days later if you didn't open or click. That was just like, I'm like, oh, I'm such a butt face. And then this lady was like, I think it's very unprofessional that you said the word butt face. And I literally laughed. And then I went into active campaign and I like delete, delete, delete. I'm like, you're gone. <laughs> like, if you can't handle the word butt face, I'm just like, and then I was like, and this is why when you have your Sir Mix a lot and like, you know yourself again, like Brittany said, she's bold, right? You're like, how did this person get in here? I'm like, I say butt face, jerk face, and like everything. I call people homicides. Like, how was she allowed in here in the first place? So then I like go investigating and I'm making sure that like, what's going on here? Where did she sign up for it? I get mad at my gatekeepers rather than her. <laughs> you didn't do your job. <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, right? But again, I think, again, you and I, like we're go-getters. The people listening to this podcast, we're go-getters. We don't have time to reply back and be like, I think it's very unprofessional that you said the word orgasm. Yeah. But like, I've got other things to do <laughs> than be a keyboard jockey. Yeah, totally. 
Well, Kate, this has been such a fun conversation and it has flown by, but we do need to kind of wrap things up. So where can people find you? And is there anything you've got going on in your world right now? Sure. So wherever you guys are listening to this, if you just search for Inbox Besties, that is my podcast. We publish every single Wednesday. We talk about email marketing, mindset, sales mindset, digital products, all that goodness. And if you guys are like, but what do I send my list after my welcome series? Or like, oh, I've already had people go through my welcome series or my funnel. What next? I want you to head on over to katedoster.com forward slash K L T show. So no, like and trust, but K L T show. And you can sign up for my two years worth of strategically planned email ideas. So I break it down month by month. I give you four prompts. I make sure one of them is blatantly one where you can get money from though. Technically you can use any prompt to be able to relate back to a paid offering that you have. And if you're like, but Kate, like I'm listening to this and it's like August, what about all those other months I missed? It turns out that January through July comes back again. So you can just use them next January, next July. You're good. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thank you so much for all the delight that we just enjoyed and being real, just, just giving everyone exactly what they need so they can turn around and walk away and start implementing. Well, thank you so much. I had a great time. All right. Once again, thank you so much to Kate for coming on to the No Like and Trust Show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you're finding value from episodes like this, please let me know. You can do that most easily by leaving a review of this show in whichever podcast app player you are currently using. Thanks, guys. See you next week.